The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut is blessed to bring you this Bible study program featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and this is Shi'ar Jashub. Today, we will be listening to the conclusion of a sermon my husband delivered as part of his series on Heavenly Authority. Pastor Greg has been examining the characteristics of true authority under the New Covenant, and this led to a discussion of Matthew chapter 21, where the chief priests and elders confront the Lord, asking by what authority He was doing these things, and who gave Him that authority. Let me remind you to join us on the web for serious Bible study at www.shiarjashub.org. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg Scalzo. A rational Pharisee or leader should say, wait, he's saying the right things. He's teaching holiness, righteousness. He's turning people. He's taking people in terrible moral situations and making them holy and turn to the God of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Even the Gentiles want to come in and then miracles testify to the fact that God is with him because how could someone raise the dead, open the eyes of the blind to do good works? A good tree produces good fruit. But no, they're affronted by it. And they question his authority. By what authority do you do these things? And early some early Jewish writings, there is this theme that, well, Jesus did miracles. But just like we read in the New Testament, they say he did them by the devil. They missed good. They missed what good is, what light is, what life is, because they so wanted to stay in their own political power. So they question him, and he doesn't give them an answer straightway about his authority. Rather, he brings it down to a lower personality, he brings it down to John the Baptist. And he says, verse 24, But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. Now, if you know the Gospel of John, this is towards the end now of the ministry. In the Gospel of John, for the previous three years, Jesus has had debates with them. Some of them could be private. We don't, John doesn't give you all the background details, but he gives you a lot of the debates and teachings of Jesus to the, the religious leaders. And he tells them by what authority. But now before the crowd, he knows they're trying to set him up, so he asks them a very simple question. I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things, but first you have to tell me. Verse 25, the baptism of John... Where was it from? From heaven or from men? Very simple. Where was it from? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the multitude, for all count John as a prophet. John was a refreshing air after hundreds of years in Israel. Again, the prophet in the midst of the people. The people sensed John was a prophet. That's why they went out to be baptized by him. So what do we do? 
we didn't back John up. So he'll say, why didn't we believe him if we say from heaven? But if we say from men, then the mob's going to be against us and we're going to lose our political power. Never do they say, well, let's think about John for a minute. Was John teaching from heaven or from men? That's the real question, right? If they're really sincere questioners, people can have sincere doubts. And when you witness to people, you will come across people all the time that don't believe in Jesus, not because they've rejected him, but they have sincere questions. And they're looking for you to give them an answer that they might believe. So had they said among themselves, well, what do we really think? What did he preach? What did John say? Was that a message God would have given? How do the people respond? They're not weighing any of that. They're not analyzing whether John's teaching was from God or men. They don't care. All they care about is themselves and their authority. And that's really why they're questioning Jesus' authority, because they care about themselves. And so how they answer is not based on what is the truth. How they answer is based on what is going to be good for me, what's going to make me look good. We haven't supported him, but the mob likes him. So what are we going to do? How are we going to manipulate and get out of this situation? So they answered Jesus, verse 27, and said, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. They were setting a trap. They were being insincere. They were being manipulative. And Jesus manipulated them right back, right? He was crafty right back to them by throwing right in the middle of their lies a fact that they had to either deny or accept. What do you say about John's baptism? Where was it from? Was it from heaven or was it from men? And they couldn't answer it. Where was it from? The finger of God wrote his living authority on the life of John, and the people knew it. The finger of God wrote his living authority on the life of Paul. That's why Paul can say, not from men, nor through man, an apostle from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's an authority which the Sanhedrin, the priests, the elders, who had become as dead men and who had disgraced their offices, it was an authority, this living authority, they could not accept. The promise in the new covenant, the new contract, we have in Acts chapter 2, when Peter responds to the questioning multitude about this anointing of the Holy Spirit that had come on the day of Pentecost. He stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice. He said to them in verse 14, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. 
your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Then he goes on to talk about signs that would happen in the very last days before the return of Messiah. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It applied in the days of Peter and Pentecost nearly 2,000 years ago. And we are closer today to the return of Jesus Christ than they were then. God brings everything full circle. He will bring Israel back into the land. He will have the temple rebuilt. He will bring Israel back as his people. He will take the church, which started out, as I said before, in the book of Acts, so powerful, so alive, so living, the living organism of the church, the Holy Spirit anointing each. That's what's happened on the day of Pentecost. And then it becomes dead. Now, there are always times of light. At any time in church history, there have been people that have believed, that have been anointed. But it goes through some periods of great darkness. And that as you come around full circle to the last days, what started on Pentecost, I believe, will explode. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Back in the days of Pentecost, there were a lot of different type of people in Jerusalem celebrating the feast, right? But there wasn't all the variety of nations, tribe, languages, and tongues that are available today that have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Young men, young shall see visions. Old men, old shall dream dreams. Men servants, maid servants, pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. The anointing of the Holy Spirit in a huge way upon different peoples all over the globe, young, old, male, female, to be part of the active, living, moving body of Christ. Not a dead church not a dead institution, not something that has a history and the preacher is there based just on the history of that church and he doesn't even know what he believes, but individual men and women from all walks of life who know that they know, who are baptized in God's Holy Spirit and who in terrible times will testify and give witness that the word of God would be spread over this whole globe and the bride of Christ will make herself ready dressed in white and fine linen, the righteous acts of the saints. I think we're going to have Pentecost times a thousand, times a million. And what the authority structure was supposed to be according to the new covenant will finally see itself fulfilled as every person accepts the position God has called them to, respecting the authority of God and understanding they have a place in the body of Christ, an active place in the body of Christ, not just for a few, on all flesh, everyone. It cannot be clearer than it is in Acts chapter 2. All believers, baptized, anointed, serving in the role that God, as the Spirit determines, has placed them. 
I was going to go in today to the glory of the new covenant, but we'll leave that, Lord willing, for the next time we go through heavenly authority. We're going to look from um, 2 Corinthians, if you want to read ahead, and discuss the glory of the new covenant, the glory of the new covenant ministry, not by the letter, but by the Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy word. Father, we pray now that you would give the revelation of the glory of the anointing that you have in your spirit. Father God, breathe life again on your church. And the life comes from your spirit. Too often in the past, the church has pushed your spirit out. But he is the activating force. He is the activating person. He takes where it is void and he makes alive. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you promised that you would send us the counsel of the helper, that we would not be as orphans, that he would guide us into all truth, that he would form your life, Lord Jesus, inside of us. Baptize your church, we pray. In your precious name, Lord Jesus, amen. If you want to rehear the sermon, you can visit our website at www.shiarjashub.org. The website has an archive of Bible study programs with in-depth analysis as well as anointed preaching. You will also find information about our church, including our 10 a.m. Sunday service. And Pastor Greg is regularly adding written messages for the church today. The address again is www.shear hyphen jashub dot o-r-g. May the Lord bless you as you serve him.